This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Tomorrow, everyone, this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Quite a few races worth looking at in the aftermath of this election night. Very much a mixed bag for the Republicans in New York City. The Republicans came into yesterday's elections having six members of the New York City Council, which is more than they've had in about 25, 30 years. After this year's elections come January, when all the new council members are sworn in, they will still have six members of the city council, which is still a very healthy margin. Democrat Justin Brannon beat newly minted Republican Ari Kagan in what was one of the most watched council races in the city. Even those of us that thought Brannon had a great chance of winning, I don't think many of us thought that Brannon was going to win by the landslide that he won by. So that's definitely uh, not a point in the Republicans' favor. The best news of the night, though, for the GOP, definitely comes out of the Bronx, where Christy Marmorado has beaten an incumbent Democrat in a district that is 66% Democrat. This is incredible, and this will be the first time that a Republican will be representing the Bronx in the city council in over 40 years. It's really an incredible achievement that I would characterize as an upset. But even though that was the only seat that the Republicans won, they did hang on to Vicky Palladino's seat in Queens by a fairly wide margin, which is great news for them. And even though the Democrats won what was considered to be a very competitive district in Brooklyn, the 43rd district, the so-called newly minted Asian district, which is Southern Brooklyn, including Sunset Park, Bensonhurst, and Gravesend, the winner of that seat, Susan Zhang, is a Democrat, but she's a very conservative Democrat, and she's expected to join the Common Sense Caucus, which is the coalition of Democrats and Republicans that's pretty moderate or conservative-minded. So even though the Republicans aren't gaining any seats here, the Common Sense Caucus is going to gain at least one seat. So the Common Sense Caucus is going to grow from eight members of the city council to nine. That gives them an enormous amount of sway, an enormous amount of sway in choosing the next speaker and in driving the agenda. So on the whole, if you're someone that uh, doesn't want one party or one ideology rule of New York City, this is a pretty good night for you. We'll see what happens come two years from now and what these results portend for the mayor's race. Beam me up. To be continued. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. The Other Side of Midnight. 
Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I'm still a little sore over the fact that my colleague and friend Curtis Lewa was not elected mayor back in 2021. But I'm even more sore over the fact that he wasn't nominated as a finalist to the National Radio Hall of Fame this year. I had nominated him, and a number of you had said they would nominate him as well. Well, now there is an opportunity for him to get some recognition that I think he's very deserving of. The political magazine City and State is asking for nominations for distinguished New Yorkers over the age of 50. It's the 2024 50 over 50 awards, and the nomination deadline is in just a few weeks. It's December 1st. So I thought this would be a fun opportunity to nominate maybe Curtis Lewa, maybe Sid Rosenberg, maybe the lovely and talented Margot Katsimatidis, any of the great people who make our radio station and make our community what it is who happen to be over the age of 50. It's sponsored by the AARP, who's been a great partner with our program as well. So if you want to nominate anybody that I just mentioned or another great New Yorker over the age of 50, you can go to my Facebook page. I just shared the link up there. That's facebook.com slash Fan. That's facebook.com slash M-O-R-A-N-O fan. The only two requirements are they have to live in the city of New York and they have to be over the age of 50. Here is something that Curtis might actually win. I'm hoping that if enough people nominate him, the folks at City and State and AARP will take note and recognize him as one of the 50 most influential New Yorkers over the age of 50. Let's see what happens. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, a very interesting situation has emerged involving the Philadelphia Eagles and New Jersey political boss George Norcross. And now Norcross is actually threatening to sue. Now, if you're not familiar with George Norcross, he is a New Jersey Democratic power broker, probably the most powerful non-elected figure in the state of New Jersey. And he was ejected from an Eagles game Sunday night after he displayed a bad that combined the American and Israeli flags from his luxury box. Now, Norcross, who was accompanied by a group that included Republican presidential candidate Chris Christie, is actually threatening to sue the Eagles, to sue the NFL, and a security company. Now, I think it's important to look at what the rules are. Because if the rules say no banners, then obviously he shouldn't be able to hang a banner. I'm still not sure that that would necessitate him being ejected from the game. But apparently, the official policy of Lincoln Financial Field is to bar signs and banners that are obscene or indecent, not event-related, potentially offensive to other patrons, capable of blocking the views of other fans, or otherwise deemed dangerous or inappropriate by the Eagles. So 
So the only criteria that I could see the American and Israeli flag potentially meeting is being not event related. And uh, the staff is saying that Norcross got abusive and verbally abusive with the staff. If that's the case, then obviously there should be no tolerance for that. He should have been ejected. But I just can't see if Norcross or someone else was hanging a Black Lives Matter flag or a Ukrainian flag from their luxury box, I can't see that person being ejected from the game. Now, look, technically, maybe this was a violation of the rules, and if Norcross refused to take the banner down, okay, maybe this is what they had to do. It just strikes me as a little bit of selective enforcement of this particular rule. I don't know what potential grounds there would be for a lawsuit, but that's what Norcross is threatening. We'll see where it goes. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. My colleague Cindy Adams is fond of saying, only in New York, kids, only in New York. Well, only in New York can the state legislature pass a bill and nobody has a clue as to when the governor will either sign or veto it. The state legislature passed hundreds of bills before breaking in June for their summer recess. Many high-profile ones like the Clean Slate Act and a bill to create a reparations task force have yet to be either signed or vetoed by the governor because the way it works in New York, and honestly, I don't know of another state in the country that does this, is the governor has 10 days to either sign a bill or veto a bill, but it's 10 days from whenever the legislature sends that bill to the governor's desk. So the governor's office tells the legislature, all right, we've finally gotten around to reading this bill that you've passed. Send it over and I'll either sign it or veto it. Imagine if they could do this at a national level, that Congress passes law after law after law and the president gets to take as much time as they want. It has to be within the calendar year in New York, but it should be once the legislature passes a bill, you get 10 days. You get 10 days to sign it or veto it. Maybe it would be an incentive for the legislature not to pass hundreds of bills in a day or two at the end of the legislative session. This is such a whacked out, messed up system. But in New York, and this is not a Kathy Hochul thing, Democrat and Republican governors have done this for years. Governors in New York typically take time for their office to review the legislation before requesting it from the legislature. I'm not sure if this would require a state constitutional amendment. I think it would. Or if it could be done by statute. But the legislature ought to demand that New York's legislature and governor relationship is similar to that of the one in the 49 other states and in the nation. You can't just have the governor say, oh, all right, send that bill over when you're ready. It's not a restaurant where you're dining leisurely before you call for the dessert bill. Sign it or veto it within 10 days. Don't wait around and keep New Yorkers waiting and wondering. Beam me up. To be continued.